in the red room. Before the stars can be paid, there gotta be a dope ass story on the page. Let the beast about the cage that light about the dark. Can you build the inferno from the itty bitty spark? Coffee shop hustlers rise with the cream. A million of the writers, same Hollywood dream. Your pen and paper, all like bullets in the gun. Write what you feel, say what you want in the red room. We say what we say, we do what we feel. We gotta keep it real in the red room. All about the crap, a screen writing. Feel my bottle up with lightning up in the red room. So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Uh, yeah, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. Don't be looking at me like that, Deborah. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Lisa? 2016. Yeah. All right. Shut up, girl. All right. So, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Amen. There, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for her. She, she put her finger up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I need to show off a little exactly. <laughs> So, y'all here, that's my girl, Lisa Bulakaja. We call her the street nerdist, Deborah. Mm-hmm. Why we call you that? Well, because at times <laughs> I can speak to you and people on panels and get very academic. And then? And the earrings come off, the flip-flops come on, and we're ready to get into it. That's, that's all it is. Sophista Ratchet. You know how I am. Sophista Ratchet. Geek. I speak exactly. geek. Yes. Oh, shout out. Happy birthday to, um, of course, when this episode comes out, it'll it's be like a couple, a couple of weeks. But uh, happy birthday to Black Girl Nerds and a shout out to uh, Nerds of Prey podcast, which is geeky black girls going in. The shade, they're so funny. So if you want to check out just some really funny black women who are just hardcore geeky nerds mm-hmm. and they know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. check out Nerds of Prey. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. Mm-hmm. So today, we got my big sis on here, Ms. Deborah Pratt, y'all. Yes. Writer, producer, author, former actress. Actress. Is that what you want to say? It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, former singer, actress. Dancer, singer, singer, dancer. Singer, dancer. Survivor of Still Hollywood. Still beautiful. Survivor of Hollywood. Okay. I she love a vampire that. veteran. She a Another, vampire, too. Did it tell you that? So we have a list yes. of all the vampires in Hollywood. I'm adding her People right who now. still look like they're 20. I see you. I, I see got my you. list out here. It's like <laughs> those genetics. Those genetic, you know, exactly. vampires. <laughs> vampires. And your sister, too. Just beautiful. I mm-hmm. see y'all. Um, so we got Deborah Pat on here, you guys. You, you have a really interesting career. So what we're going to talk to you about is your journey, right? How you got to where you are. And your philosophy on shit, because she be going in. Mm-hmm. You think we be going in? Mm-hmm. Trust me, I sat there talking to her for a while. She be going in. Um, um, your experiences, what's next, your books, you know, a lot of that stuff. So let's can tell I, the, can, can I share a fan squee moment? Sure, go ahead. So before Deborah walked in, oh. <laughs> we had finished an episode, and so uh, basically Deborah had called in and was like, "Hey, you know, where where's the location? You know, finding parking because you know part of the street over here." By it. And I'm going to call it Oprah World now because she's taking over an entire <laughs> lot is. over here. And it was blocked off. So Deborah just called in to get directions to make sure she was at the right spot. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the TV show Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. And, of course, if you watch the show, you remember the narration at the beginning. 
was, you know, telling the story about how this character. I don't know how it got. How does it go, Deb? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, and so he, you know, so anyway, so Deborah called, and so Hillier had her own speakerphone, and it's one of those moments. You know how you just hear, you know, you hear people, and then it was like one of those moments where I was listening, and it dawned on me, it's like, holy moly. <laughs> Deborah was the voice. Did you remember? Oh, I mean, she's a producer on the show, but it was like it was the voice that would tell us, you know, he's never going to go home. Will he go home? Will this be the episode where he finally makes it? And it just after all these years, it clicked like holy moly, that's who was doing the voice. So that was my fan squee moment. Like, oh right. my god, I'm connecting two things that's together. Right. Let's that's exciting. That came about. No, well, tell us. All right. So the the show. By the way, we went into Brandon Tartikoff to pitch the show, and and he said, uh huh. Okay, so now tell it to me like I'm 80 years old. <laughs> so we pitched it again, and he goes, okay, let me think about this. This is really different. And he calls us up. He says, come back in. I, I got to, okay, now tell it to me like I'm six. Huh. Right? So we finally sell the show. We make the show. It makes it onto the air. And he goes, I still don't know what the show is. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> said well, let's do a saga cell. And... Hmm. So we wrote it, and at first they, and I can't think of the actor's name, they said, no, we need a man to do it because it's men's show, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So they laid it See, down. they was already wrong from mm-hmm. jump on and that so already. If you, if you listen to the first couple of episodes, mm-hmm. oh, what was the actor's name? Oh, it'll come back to me tonight at 2 a.m. <laughs> uh, text me, girl. Just we'll text it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I said, it doesn't have what's really missing and what the show is really about. Hope. Right. Mm. And I said, just let me go lay down a track. Right. So I walked in, laid down a track, they played it, and it was just like there was a switch that was thrown. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's People like that's the, it. that set, yeah. you know, that was when I watched the show. That was my set. I'd have my little snack, and then the show would come on, and you'd hear Deborah's voice, and it just set. It was like, I don't know, those, those, those old school serial shows where they were, even though you knew what the story is about, they would always set the tone for you and like, mm-hmm. hello, welcome back, and this is what it is. And every week I'm like, is this going to be the week? <laughs> And my mother was like, how's that going to be the week? The show would end if you made it back home. And I was like, you hush, Mom. <laughs> that was the other big fight that we had, yeah. which was at the end of the show, yeah, when we found out like- we got canceled, Don was going to bring him home. And mm-hmm. I went, are you out of your mind? You cannot bring him home ever. Mm. Because, A, you have to leave the fans knowing that he's out there somewhere saving someone's life and making their world a better place. Mm-hmm. And when we do the movie... He's already out there. Right, right. <laughs> and right. I, I actually wrote a, uh, you're a fan of the show, I right. wrote a trilogy. Oh, really? Oh, wow, okay. And in the, last, in the first episode of the trilogy, he, he leaps in and meets this 10-year-old little girl and her father. In the second episode, he leaps in bed with that 10-year-old little girl, now 21 years old, hmm. and he conceives his own daughter. And in wow. the third episode, really? he meets his own daughter at 10 years old, and Al says to him, Sammy Joe is in the future trying to get you home. And I remember Brandon Tartikoff called and said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm setting up the movie. What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> She's like, like I your far, job is over there, but I'm, I'm keeping far, my job. I'm far reaching. <laughs> like, I got some stuff to do. That's awesome. There you go. So let's tell the kids um, where you're from and just how you got into the game, and then let's spend time talking about your journey if you want. Absolutely. Uh, born and raised in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Summers in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It's, uh, that whole side of the family. Which I was just talking about a minute mm-hmm. ago with y'all Creole self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, always loved music. Uh, had a kind of a unique voice. I had about a three and a half, half octave range. Mm-hmm. 
and my parents were dad was a banker and mother was a psychologist so the idea of entertainment was not an idea <laughs> so I was getting my degree in psychology and and um, one day had graduated and thought you know I graduated a year early can I just do what I want to do and they said absolutely you graduated a year early go for it mm -hmm. so I auditioned for some Chicago companies of Broadway shows got two of them hmm. uh, That's not bad. A, one called Don't Bother Me I Can't Cope which I took in Godspell Mm -hmm. And oh, like now, yeah. five weeks into the production, my mother go comes to see me because she says, I didn't even know you could sing and dance. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, she said, I was really proud of you and excited for you. And I just found out the gold diggers are in town this morning auditioning. Hmm. And I went, I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> she said, well, you said you wanted to do TV. Right. And I went, oh, yeah, okay. So I got up. And it was like American Idol. I mean, like a thousand people. Mm, cattle call. Mm -hmm. Right. It was a serious cattle call. Eight o'clock in the morning. At five o'clock, it was between me and one other girl. Really? You was battling wow. all day. And I looked at my watch and I realized I had to be at the theater at six o'clock. Wait, you're like, I'm auditioning for this, but uh, I got to be at the theater. I did. <laughs> for my right. other gig. Excuse me. Thank you very much. It's been very nice, but I have to go. <laughs> And so the executive producer gets up and goes, who the fuck do you think you are? Really? Do you know what I'm offering? Wait, he actually cursed at you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> Excuse my Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I said, you know what? You haven't offered me a job. I have one. You want to offer me one? You have my number. Call me. <laughs> Okay. And so they sent me a ticket. Wait, this sounds like, sound like some brown liquor stories. Let me get my, even though I got water, let me just have a sip on here like, what? They flew me out to Hollywood. Wow. And he said, I'm glad you came because I want to break that fuck you attitude. And he was really? like in my face. Greg Garrison was his name. And I said, bring it on. Mm. And uh, it was 12 girls that flew out from all over the country. They did like a country ride search. Mm -hmm. And I got the job, hmm. and I toured and met like serious old Hollywood, mm -hmm. Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, yeah. and Frank Sinatra, and they were like the coolest. They really were the Rat Pack. Mm -hmm. They were so cool, and I, I kind of knew who they were, but I didn't care. So they thought I was pretty cool too. <laughs> she was into the Beatles. And shit. See, that's like, the best part. When you know who you are, and you just don't care. Like whatever. <laughs> okay, whatever. And I think uh, Danny Thomas said the most interesting thing. We were in Vegas performing. And he said, he sat down next to me. Looked, Wait, my Danny Thomas, my redhead Danny, Danny Thomas, Thomas mm -hmm. my singing Danny Thomas. Yeah, oh my gosh. From the Danny Thomas show? Yes. Mm -hmm. So he looks at me and goes, you are the highest yellow nigga I have ever seen. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not my Danny Thomas. <laughs> and Sammy Davis Jr. hit him. What? <laughs> and he said, I'm just, I'm just joking with you. <laughs> Good on Sammy. Sam, Sammy's like. Okay, look. Him. <laughs> Say it one more again. And that's why he has a black eye. And that's why. <laughs> <laughs> it was permanent, bitch. Oh my God. So it was a great entree into Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I stayed with them for about 18 months. Okay, that's a good run. And, um, and then I decided I wanted to pick up my little guitar and go sing and write and record songs. Mm -hmm. and so that's when it, where I started writing. So you were saying songwriting and everything? Or? I was songwriting. Mm -hmm. I wrote some songs with um, War. John, really? Lonnie Jordan. I did two albums with Lonnie Jordan and uh, Susan Buckner, and um, and I wrote a song with uh, Robert 
oh, what's Robert's last name? Uh, from Chicago, mm-hmm. the keyboard player from mm-hmm. Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I was having a great time, and they said, oh, you got this great voice, come you know, audition for Clive Davis, and so I brought my little guitar in, and singing <laughs> oh with Clive gosh. Davis, and, and he said, uh, oh, keep going. I, <laughs> I said, well, I, I only have four songs. He goes, well, go write some more and come back. Uh-huh. And I left, and somebody stole my guitar. No, <gasps> really. And I figured that that was kind of a sign from God. And mm. So I said, well, I guess it's time for me to be an actress. <laughs> right, right, right. And I didn't like the music business anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the 80s. It was stupid amounts of cocaine. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. crazy. And so I started acting. And then when I got on, um, I guess it was Airwolf, mm-hmm. I said, I-, I could do this. I want to write a show. Mm-hmm. So they all went, mm-hmm, yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I wrote a spec show. and Of, of, of your show? Of Airwolf, oh, right. Oh, interesting. Of course. When I wrote the show, <laughs> I was the hero. You were the I hero. saved everybody. <laughs> I was kicking ass. Hey, write yourself uh, in. Because yeah. <laughs> I figured, okay, because you know, actors get very little respect mm-hmm. until you're a star. So I thought, well, I'm going to write my way into show business. And the roles for women of color were you're a hooker, you're mm-hmm, a teacher, mm-hmm. you're a maid. Still. Right. It, and I'm going, this has got to change. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why. And I was a science fiction and, you know, I had tried to get into this audition for Star Wars. I mean, they got to talk to somebody, and they said, "No, we're only hiring Irish people." <laughs> you could, you mean, you could have been Princess Leia. Okay, Can you imagine it? Mm-hmm. Okay, now that you totally. say that, you know what? That's how I'm going to see it. It's like I see Deborah Pratt's face now. It's Princess Leia. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you the last hookup. So I get a summer job with Debbie Reynolds. Wow! And so I'm over at the house. We're doing costume fittings, and I read in the paper. That Carrie Fisher has just gotten Princess Leia, and Carrie comes downstairs. <laughs> and I said, Carrie, you got this movie. This is incredible. And she goes, oh, Science fiction. Nobody's doing science fiction. <laughs> I said, well, why are you doing it? She goes, Oh, just for the money. It's just, it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? But everybody thought Star Wars wasn't going to yeah. go anywhere. That's I knew why they was. gave them all the rights. Yes. You know? Yeah, wow. they gave them all the rights, which will never happen. That, and because of that, it never happened. He mm-hmm. held on to all his. Sequel rights right. and all his merchandising rights, mm-hmm. and that's where he made most of his money is coming from the merchandising. Yep. So, babies, hold on to your stuff, but it's it's ruined. <laughs> he ruined it for the rest of us. Yes. When that when that thing went like quadruple, whatever, okay. it was like we ain't giving nobody nothing. We own all rights, all auxiliary rights, anything that come, we own it. We and it own was it. like, and yeah. what's that clause in the contract that you read? Anything now existing yes. or ever Forever. existing in the future? And perpetuity. Perpetuity, you will never bitch. Get it That's back. the word. <laughs> never get it back. When you die, we come into heaven and getting your exactly. stuff. <laughs> and your grandkids be and taking your them in. <laughs> Although, thanks to the internet, I think there's a way to really create your stuff yeah. and get it out there and hold on to it and develop it mm-hmm. into you know transmedia. Well, see, what I love so far just with your, your story is the fact that you are a sci fi nerd. <laughs> and you love science fiction. That's Very so awesome to hear. I mean, you know, especially, and, and that's why I was always like a fan from afar because it was like, you know, you have a black woman on a sci fi show mm-hmm. writing sci fi stuff, and many of us oh, didn't. You know, were like, one yes. Of the only ones, and none of us knew because a lot of times, you know, we see like maybe actresses in front of the screen, but mm-hmm. to have somebody behind the scenes. So when I do the credits and stuff, I was like, oh, I got, because, you know, when you when you in San Diego and you have dreams of being on the show, <laughs> I would write my little things like, if I run, and I remember I used to see your name, I write the names down of people you should 
meet and you should know. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, I gotta meet this person. And then many, many years later when you came to OBS, I was like, oh my God, that's Deborah Pratt. Mm-hmm. That's her. So you a star girl. You know, <laughs> I had no idea. No, it would, I, I think had I known that, you know, that she's a sister, I would have been like, I think, I don't know. I, just, I probably would have just geeked out even more mm-hmm. to know, you know, that we're writing that stuff. That but, we're the, there. but that is what's changed. You, this is where you're going. That is what's changed with the internet and new media and whatever. It's, it's allowed us to see the face of people. Yes. Before yes. you guys were just yeah. names. Right. Now you can see the writers. And right. There's photos of the entire writers' room, you know, on the internet or you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, teasing up. Cool. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And, and truthfully, <laughs> Brandon was a visionary. Mm-hmm. For Quantum Leap, yeah, because mm-hmm. it was the thirteen-letter dirty word. It was an anthology. If mm-hmm. you think about it, mm-hmm. and when I, I had been reading um, a short history of time, oh yeah, and I was fascinated by the idea that you could Quantum Leap, you know, you could be in one place and instantly in another place. Mm-hmm. And so when Don and I started talking about the show, um, I said my favorite show growing up. When I was little, little was the Loretta Young show. Hmm. Now, most people don't even know or remember what that was, but mm-hmm. basically every week she came out and gave her little introduction. Okay. And the shows at the time were like The Twilight Zone, yes. Thriller. Um, Outer Limits. Outer yeah. Limits, yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and actually, Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you think of Star Trek, it was an anthology. Right. Mm-hmm. They were on the ship, and then right. they would go to a place, and then they would do a little morality mm-hmm. play. And I was always fascinated by those shows, and I wanted to do a show that had that capability. Mm-hmm. And I think what failed about, like, what was the amazing stories because mm-hmm. it didn't have the hook it didn't yeah. have somebody in the sure. beginning yeah. saying right there's hey, no narrator there's right. no narrator mm-hmm. there's nobody introducing it it mm-hmm. wasn't you know Boris Karloff did Thriller mm-hmm. and Rod Serling that. did you know I got the, about the box set I love so it. I think that's what missed on that show mm-hmm. so when we came up with the idea of having him literally become another person but always be him mm-hmm. that's why everybody went what you know, you had to yeah. see it. To right, understand. right. Interesting. But it was a great way to tell a story. Yeah, because my favorite part was when you would have him look in the mirror and you'd see what he looked like. And he'd jump in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there'd be that <laughs> moment like, well, what is he? And then, you know, then you'd find out and you'd look and he'd be like, oh, boy. Uh-huh. You know, here we go. You know, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I could do oh, boy yes. so many different ways. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big test. How is he going to pull it off this time? <laughs> but we had a great time. And, mm-hmm. I, and as a writer... It was a writer's dream because one week I could write a Noel Coward comedy. Mm-hmm. Another week I could write a drama. Mm. Another week I could write action adventure mm-hmm. with a fight sequence. Sure. But the biggest thing... So you I, didn't really have a particular formula on that show because you were... It was a series formula that you had it. to follow very distinctly. Mm-hmm. But you could do anything in that oh, formula. Oh, within the... Mm-hmm. Got it. Right. Mm-hmm. Anything that he was willing to do. He could be a woman. He could be any color. He mm-hmm. could... I think once we wrote him as a chimpanzee. <laughs> yeah. I didn't write that one. <laughs> he, he had to do the whole show in a diaper, poor baby. That was um, He was a circus performer. Mm-hmm. He was so sick, he had to hang upside down. Oh, oh really? Scott. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I so Scott admire him. But I remember that first <laughs> year, I said, I want to write him as a black man. Mm-hmm. And I had read this amazing article about this, um, or and seen a picture in Time Magazine from that era of this man sitting in the kitchen eating alone, and through the door you could see the older white woman sitting and eating alone. Oh, cute. And 
I said, I want to write this story, but I want it to be about something. So I want it to be about slavery. I mean, not slavery, but civil rights. Mm-hmm. And um, at first they said, no, 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 no. Yeah, I was going to ask, there's a pushback to that, mm-hmm. yeah. Not until year three, you can't do anything that... And I went, I, I think you're wrong. I think the show <laughs> can do anything. Mm-hmm. And Brandon said, I like the idea, go with it. He was my biggest supporter. Mm. And so I wrote the show, and then right after that I wrote... Um, him as a woman, mm. and I dealt with equal pay. I dealt with um, sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. You know, just subject matters. Right. That I, I think that's you guys what, had commentary. You guys, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. To say things, yeah. and right. it was great because it was a safe perspective mm-hmm. in the sense that you know it's nineteen fifty storyline, but we're mm-hmm. talking from a nineteen nineties point of view mm-hmm. so it really made it a conversation and then the next morning <laughs> the water cooler the new water cooler this is in the early 90s mm-hmm. people were chat chatting in chat rooms talking about the show mm-hmm. and um, Harriet Margolis one of the assistants said you got to come in and check this out mm. and so we would like track you know this is pre-twitter pre yeah. you know mm-hmm. but they were on live in, and we were the first show that that ever happened with. So it made mm-hmm. it made Nielsen's crazy. It made you know mm-hmm. that was when you you didn't have DVR. You had to like you, you had to you sit and watch, watch the show. Yeah, <laughs> right. watch the show or VHS. Or VHS right, VHS tape right. it. Yeah, right. yeah. So it was a real interesting thing to have immediate response back mm-hmm. from the fans mm-hmm. of how they felt and how they were affected and mm-hmm. and and we had <laughs> nothing like it on TV. So they were always going, we don't have a lead-in. We don't have anything for you to lead out to. <laughs> and they moved us five times in yeah. six, six times in five years. Wow. And the so audience, how many episodes did you guys get out of that? 99. Wow, right before 100. Right before I 100. I was it's, so still enough, it's still enough for syndication now. Oh, yeah, it probably it's, wasn't it's worldwide point, syndicated. Oh, I've yeah. been in the most fascinating places <laughs> and had people... You know, who knew the show, who loved mm-hmm. the show, who, and, and gotten some inc- incredible letters of how they were touched by mm-hmm. the hope that mm-hmm. came from that show. Mm-hmm. That I, I would be surprised if anything on TV gets that. Yeah. Because it's so dark mm-hmm. and mean, mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk some more about what other weather shows were you, were you doing at that time? Um, let's see. I did a well. I wrote for Magnum PI, mm-hmm. and then um, did you get to hang around the set with? I Tom know. Did Solid? you get to go to Hawaii and stuff? Or? Absolutely, I had okay. to go shoot. Yeah, <clears throat> I, yes. It, Hawaii was seriously beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really was, and and I think they shot the show in a way that really made it pristine and made it. You know, you were never allowed to shoot a telephone poles. Mm. They wanted the island to look like the island mm-hmm. looked in 1950. And I think that was a very smart mm-hmm. way because people freezing in the Midwest in the middle of winter. <laughs> Our only joy is looking at those people in Hawaii. All those great <laughs> naked bodies. And, yes. uh, yes. and he was a good guy. The whole crew, the whole cast were just really good people. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did a series called The Net mm-hmm. based the on the Sandy Bullock movie mm-hmm. um, for USA Network. And then I wanted to direct, so I went back to uh, 
School. Now, did you have to? I was just about to ask you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask you. Did you have to like reshow them? Look, I could do. I you can know do I mean? this. Because yeah. now they see you as a writer. So now you have to show. Now I got to show them. I'm, I'm I had to go to AFI. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, the uh, women's directing workshop, mm-hmm. which is a great program, mm-hmm. uh, directing women's workshop, uh, really opened a lot of doors for me. And um, you know, and then marriage and family and all mm-hmm. those kind of things. So I mm-hmm. kept writing. Which is I wrote the Vision Quest, mm-hmm. um, and the second release comes out the end of July. Mm. So I've decided to make changes and <laughs> stop writing it. <laughs> and then I'm going to release all four, and we're doing graphic novels. You know, talk about transmedia, mm, and right. I've written the first feature film. Oh really? Yeah. Oh all right. You going to direct that one? Uh, yes, I'm planning on doing that. <laughs> I am. And, and again, all of them have uh, a spiritual core, human mm-hmm. empowerment. Um, I, I think it's time for us to evolve. So, I, do, you, do you find that you write into those things a lot? I tr- there are times I try not to. But it always kind of yeah, it comes through. It comes, like thematically, yes, that's exactly. just something through you that, that you can't help it sometimes. That's just your voice. That's something that's going to come through you. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. <laughs> I tend to write underdog stories, and I don't even know that it's happening. They just always, oh, somebody yeah. battling something that survived, something that's pulling, you know, there's always some oppression, something. Mm-hmm. You know I, mean? I don't know what it is. The hard part about doing science fiction or fantasy or things mm-hmm. like that, they're bigger than life. Yeah. And you got a world build. Oh and you got God. a world build, which is okay mm-hmm. for by me because all I have to do is open my imagination. True. And there are people who have read my books and gone, what are you on? <laughs> I'm on that next level stuff. You need to come exactly. catch up. You need to come catch up with me. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, now you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I, the, the short film that I directed at AFI, mm-hmm. I, I just started to pull fi- financing and casting together mm-hmm. to direct. And I just directed a short film. That uh, we're going to start on the festival circuit. Okay, good. So I'm excited. And what Paul. genre is that? It is um, a drama, okay. a thriller, a little piece. It, it actually sets up a bigger film. Okay, good. But because um, <clears throat> I found that I do sometimes, I produce a lot of like sizzles for 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 um, filmmakers, and I find I always ask them, "Do you want a sizzle for this project, or do you want to make a short film that we could make as like?" It's a sizzle, but it's really the short film that introduces the entire movie. Now you have more weight. <laughs> right. 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 It's like, if we're going to do it, you already have a script. Let's go ahead and, you know, show them what the movie could look like as opposed to just making the short film. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it sounds like that's kind of what you, you took the, the ladder. I did. Yeah. I, um, I, I got to do this film with AFI, which is a, is a great ground for anybody mm-hmm. to, to come through, especially women, because mm-hmm. we still yeah. live in a very uneven world. I mean, you look at the big movies and it's so rare that a woman steps in and gets the opportunity to do sure, sure, sure. 100 million, 200 million, um, you know, fe- feature film. Mm-hmm. You know, and their attitude right. is, well, you wouldn't know how to do it, but then they'll take these kids that are shooting, <laughs> exactly. young males yeah. shooting mm-hmm. television It's our wonder can. He, he that doesn't count. He doesn't count, <laughs> right. But here, let's give him... And then what they do... Is they surround them with all the people yes. that they need. They handhold them and then get them in. That's and next true. thing you know, they oh, they're this, and it's like and you. Le- that's why I'm still mad <laughs> about Jennifer Fangs 
advantageous because the dude who directed um, one of the big movies, like yeah. she's just as good. Y'all should have been surrounding her mm-hmm. and bringing her through. I'm still better, audience. I'm still better. Because <laughs> they don't. Women don't get that support. No. And another thing that pissed me off is mm-hmm. if their movie doesn't do well, they don't get those second, the third, second fourth ch- chances yep. to keep going. Yep. You know? So And that's what's gotta change. But a huge thing I think that has to change is women have got to support women. Yes. Better. yes. You know, you looked yes. at there was one time that I think there was a woman who was the head of every major studio. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I did not see anything change. Huh. Isn't that Amy Pascal? Was it Amy? Yeah, she it was, was Amy. Sherry Lansing, Amy yeah. Pascal, yeah. all of them, and and they're incredible women, and they're mm-hmm. really smart, and they're really good. But I didn't see anything but the boys. Well, and I think that comes through that idea of them trying to be one of the guys. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times women are like, oftentimes juggling a lot of things, a lot of perceptions. Because I just remember in the eighties, it was like, you know. When I knew women who were working in business, their thing was, well, dress like a, you know, your clothes, hey, dress like a man. power shoulders. Power mm-hmm. shoulders, <laughs> cut tailored things. It's kind of like you trying to be part of the boys' network. And I think, I mean, the, the devil's advocate in terms of trying to see their side, like maybe they're like, you know what, I don't want them to look at me as just being a woman, doing woman stuff, that I'm one of the people that can do this. But even still, it's like, Look at what the guys do. Guys support other guys. Oh, yeah. They bring their friends in, even they know their friends are crappy. Mm-hmm. They oh, know yeah. that they know that they can get the right people around their That's friend true. to help make That's it happen. True. They don't do it for women. And mm-hmm. so it's really frustrating when women don't do it for other women. I think mm-hmm. that's why it's so great that um the Gina Davis's organization is mm-hmm. trying to get a lot more women to to get their product out. And I know Ava DuVernay is a real big supporter of getting women with her Queen Sugar. Well, you know, all the women she's getting to direct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who were saying, like, yeah, I told you before, mm-hmm. you know, audience, you've heard me say this when they were, you know, they were tweeting and they articles. When they were doing yeah. And they were talking mm-hmm. about oh. how these women have done shorts, they've done like independent films, and they were never getting an opportunity to direct and do stuff True. until Ava's like, hey, I got the show. I'm hiring you. I'm going to hire you, mm-hmm. you know? And she took a picture of like, girl, you better call her. <laughs> I'm calling her. You know? <laughs> She's on Especially my if it's like Queen Sugar down south yeah. with our peeps. Come on. Mm-hmm. You should be on there. Yeah. I, you should be directing that. Well, look, Ava, here's, here's make an interesting girl. thing. Mm-hmm. Deborah, were you one of the first people of color to be on the board of the Writers Guild? I, I, it's, or yeah. the first or one I, of the first? I know I you were up there. I was. I was one of the first. <laughs> Certainly a woman. Because she was yes. there pushing hard yeah. for us to get things. And that, I'm just going to say, them motherfuckers, <laughs> look, they didn't know what they had up there. Yeah. You know, yeah. so now thank God we got Mara Brock Akil in there trying yeah. to help us do some stuff now. Right. You know, same sensibilities. She's strong on women, you know, strong on people of color. <clears throat> and um, you don't have to go into no detail, but you just tell the people. But if you won't, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want you, you know, we still got to work here. <laughs> just tell people like what 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 happens when you're when you make it to the board? Like what, what do what do they expect and what? What can you expect out of somebody to get? Because you, you think sometimes, well, when we voted for this person, now things are going to change, and nothing changes. You're like, well, what the fuck did we vote for him for, right? But there's reasons. Yes, why. there's stuff <laughs> you know going I mean? behind the you scenes. I mean? it's that like, can we just talk a little bit it's about It's like that? the presidency and the Congress. Yes. Uh, you know, you, the, sh- shit happens in Congress and the Senate. Right. Yeah. And so the fact that the President of the United States has the power of the Presidency of the United States, he still has to manipulate the people because they control the people who now they really are voices for 
well, we can get into that conversation yeah, for corporations true. versus the voices of the people, and mm-hmm. that's got to change. Right. Right. Same kind of thing that was happening here. And I think when I was on the board, the possessory credit was the big deal. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, William Shakespeare's mm-hmm. Hamlet right. is the possessory credit. Mm-hmm. And some kind of protection so that some director, producer, whatever can't say, oh, well, I wrote, I added a line so I should mm-hmm. get a credit. Mm-hmm. I said, we need protection. Mm-hmm. We need protection against you know the people that want to be writers but aren't. And um, I could not get that through. And then the other big thing that was happening at the she, she was ahead of the game. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and, and it was a big fight. And the the director's guild was very smart in the sense that they put up all this smoke and mirrors over here mm-hmm. while they were holding on to that possessory credit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a film by mm-hmm. was what they were going for. And I said, let them have a film by, but just our name is not above the credit. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. in the credit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Equal credit. Right. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? William Shakespeare's. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they can't just come in and tear a script apart because mm-hmm. it doesn't always make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the formulas that they do. Okay, bring in that writer and teach them that formula, mm-hmm. especially women writers. I, I rarely see women writers, again, on big action mm-hmm. fe- features and science fiction and stuff. Sure. Um, so yeah, those were the big things. Uh, and then violence was the third thing that there was a whole thing where, um, we were supposed to go to Washington because they were saying the violence that was on television. And Mm -hmm. at the time it was still sanitized violence. Remember that term Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where they didn't show blood, Mm -hmm. but people would get killed and, you know, blown up, but Mm -hmm. there was no blood. So they felt that it desensitized people to the violence because, there was so much blood right. in oh, reality, right. but no blood on TV. So mm-hmm. when people were killing people, they mm-hmm. were like always surprised with how <laughs> bloody. I didn't think that much blood would come out of him when <laughs> I shot him. actually said that. Yeah, yeah. So what I said to them was I would like to go, and I think I wrote a paper or I wrote an article for the WGA magazine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Washington was pointing that finger at us, I said, there's four fingers pointing back at you hmm. because the judici- judicial system fails. It fails to protect us. Mm-hmm. It fails to work within itself. The, the um, industrial prison complex was mm-hmm. really blowing up at the time, too. Mm-hmm. So there were so many elements that were coming into play. And every time I would step forward, literally somebody would say, oh, no, 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 we can't do that now because we have to take these little steps. Mm -hmm. I said, no, it's not about little steps. It's about a revolution. It's about making change and making demand. We have the power because we're about to start negotiation. I'm not saying we want to shut down again. We know what happened, Mm -hmm. you know, the last time there was a strike. Mm -hmm. It's it's devastating to Mm -hmm. everybody. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you need to give us some respect. And we had those should be going in. Okay, <laughs> we had respect from SAG. We had respect from SAG, and they were on our side. <clears throat> so it was just frustrating. Yeah, it was very frustrating. And when everybody said, "Are you going to run again?" I said, "Not until I can be in a position of power, right. to really make it to difference. make it make it yeah to act, be effective change." You know. And it's like, I love John Wells. I think he's an amazing talent. And he was president for a very mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted a woman president. 
I really felt that we should have a woman president and a voice in there, and that took, excuse me, so long mm-hmm. to come into play. Mm-hmm. And then it went away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if we're going to make change, <clears throat> we have to make change. Yes. We need our own shows. And that's the other thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I came back after I raised my children and said, <laughs> okay, I'm coming back. And I, I called NBC because it was my hometown. Mm-hmm. And said, what do you all need? He said, time travel. And I went, really? <laughs> you must not know who you're talking about. <laughs> and so I, I came in and I pitched a time travel show mm-hmm. called Timeless. And this was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And at first, everybody loved it. They loved the script. We thought it was going forward. Mm-hmm. And they went, well, you know, nobody's really doing time travel, so we're not going to do it. And I said, give me back my show. (laughs) (laughs) This year, Uh there are 10 time travel shows. What? Yeah. Either in production or development. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, uh, I mean, again, it's it's so challenging. I know. Sometimes when you're ahead of the game, it's like, man, you should head on. You know? But it's really hard because I... I don't even get in the door mm-hmm. until after they've satisfied the mm-hmm. Bruckheimers, mm-hmm. the you know the the big players that mm-hmm. they have to take care of. Mm-hmm. And thank God for Shonda. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, just you know, it's that simple. Just hire people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we have to get a committee and exactly. and uh, do a study, yeah. uh, do some research but stuff. Their attitude but- is pretty much we have one. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, yeah. we have just it, have we have one. We have one. Yeah. We're fine. Mm-hmm. And I would I, I would love to write, work with Shonda because she, you know, where my mindset is and where her mindset is, mm-hmm. we could cause havoc. Got <laughs> <laughs> the dangerous girl. We could dangerous. Um, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm putting my toes back into television because it's very different. But I, I did you did you just work on a show last year at some point? Wasn't it something? I thought there was a show you were they brought you in for. To yeah. help on, I, don't know, I thought I heard something about you being on. Some I mean, show. I will come on uh, consult or something. Consult, but that's right. Uh, none of the shows that I have consulted on. Okay. I'm wondering. I mentioned Shonda Rhimes and stuff. Is there any other shows that are out right now that you've watched and you thought, hmm, I think I'd want to produce on that show. Do some stuff with that. So there's, you know, Game of Thrones, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, Blacklist. Um, I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, Outlander surprised mm-hmm. me. Oh, okay. It's time travel. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. Jessica Jones yes. surprised me. Mm-hmm. I love Jessica really Jones. smart, interesting. I mean, again, very flawed characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Rosemary Rodriguez on, one of the directors on the show. Oh, really? And she loves. She's directed like a bunch of them. <clears throat> she loves that show. Yeah, I like to mm-hmm. very much direct mm-hmm. that. Um, there's a a lot of good TV on. Um, Good Wife. Mm-hmm. Really she directed, I think, 20 of those. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll connect you. I'll yes. Connect you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Some yeah. Women She's directors. Some women directors, mm-hmm. exactly. Maybe you can shadow her or something on one of those, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm coming back into it, and, um, and hopefully these films that I've written will, will take off. True. And mm-hmm. we'll see, because... A lot of it is the studios who say they want diversity. You know, mm-hmm. the Academy Awards showed everybody <laughs> up. That was a mess. <laughs> and yeah. then they say, oh, yes, we're going to make change, we're going to make change, we're going to make change. But I certainly have, you know, knocked on a couple of doors mm-hmm. and had people go, oh, yeah, no, 
<laughs> that's a good that's a shirt too oh, oh yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> Hollywood underversity exactly oh, yeah that's no hilarious. that's a hashtag that's, that's oh funny. yeah no okay that's funny. well it's kind of reminds me of um, I know we were talking about earlier uh, especially with women in Hollywood uh, a lot of the main characters we were talking about Castle mm-hmm. um, with the the female character and they've got rid of two female characters Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow oh, yeah. other shows and it's like you know <clears throat> you're, you're killing women to save a few bucks I guess but it's like you know that's half your audience like a lot of people don't realize like you said when they talked about uh, when you did Quantum Leap and they said oh we need a guy's voice on here because you know well, mm-hmm. psh, that's women yeah. what, what are those what are those what are those things you know it's like it's, <laughs> they don't realize that a lot of the huge you know especially on social media the huge fans, the ones that are championing a lot of shows that people would consider guy shows, you know, and I'm using air quotes. Um, <laughs> lots of women, you know, watch those shows. Well, Whether if you it's look at our statistics, fantasy, there yeah. are more women in the world, period. Mm-hmm. True. Period. True. Yeah. And somebody just came out with some great statistics. Kimberly Ellis, watch out for okay. her. Oh, She's a mm-hmm. politico running for a Democratic chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was saying that we are no longer the minority. African Americans and people of color have, we're at 58% in this country. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people that are very nervous because this shift is happening whether they want it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about that with Steve Barnes and Hannah Reeve Du when we did that uh, panel of Octavia Butler and uh, shaping, the, shaping the Universe, Octavia Butler and science fiction and activism. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that Steve was talking about and we were just kind of commiserating with the audience like you know this is going to be the last i'm just going to make it short as possible like five last this is going to be the last i'm put it put it put it in the snow the last five years <laughs> that the narrative will be centered around you know either white male hetero hero it's you're going to have to deal with everybody in your stories because mm-hmm. everybody's watching these shows and there is fear there's a nervousness and it's like but what's going to happen to us and it's like nothing you're going to live like the rest of us do exactly. and that means you're going to have to hustle like the rest of us do which you're doing anyway. which you're doing anyway yeah but, but the fantasy that, that that oh well i'm better off because i could be right mm-hmm. I right. could be Donald right. Trump. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could be rich. Yeah. I could be powerful. Right, right. But you're not. Right. You know? So yeah. somebody, you know, that whole attitude is, well, they're worse off than I am. Mm-hmm. So I, that must mean I'm better, mm-hmm. is something that we just have to graduate out yeah. of. But again, we have to start to build our own financial base right. to create the stories that we want to create. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've gone out and heard people say, oh, well, they'll watch whatever we give them, mm-hmm. which to me, I just, you know. No, they won't. No, <laughs> no they won't. Not and anymore. Well, that's what they're learning. Yeah. But that's their attitude. It's, you know, if you think of HBO when it first started, it was almost an entire black audience that mm-hmm. made HBO HBO. Don't we do that for them? They're almost every night. Every, yes. Pretty much. Because we watch TV. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we we actually like free TV. <laughs> True. Um, but we watch TV. Mm-hmm. And we're faithful. And we're faithful. To our shows. To our shows. So uh, it's, it has to change. It mm-hmm. really does. But we need people in a position of power that can 
can sh- reflect the country. Right. True. And it's kind of hard, too, because a lot of times I have to look on, on the inside, too, when you're that person. And it's like you want to make change, you know, if you're not a marginalized person. But it's like you, a lot of them I know, they're thinking, but I got bills to pay, too. I got to hold <laughs> on to my little job. And, you know, I can't carry all that. But it's like your shows are going to suffer. <laughs> Big time. Big time. You know, because there's just so much, uh, there's so much content out there now. And it's like. You know, you almost got to like that niche marketing and hold on to your audience. And your audiences are loyal. When you are doing a great show, that audience will stay with you. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're going to miss out on some really good stuff. Like there's a lot of shows that came out last year. I can't remember. They're so bad. I can't remember the names of them. <laughs> where you, I, I, I knew I could just watching them. I just knew like I bet you they pitched this. They thought this going to be the this going to be the shit. Everybody's got, and then the show comes out and then it fizzles. Like nobody was really Sometimes watching you it. Can't execute. Yeah, you know? and it's yeah, like some, it just doesn't like sound like a good idea. Didn't execute, or they didn't, you know, or they're they have a homogenous cast, and it's like mm, yeah. we've seen those people before. It's yeah. like mm, there's something also a, a mentality. They have the movie people mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are now running TV. Yeah, they, the marketers True. have access to those names, and they can yep. market. Yep. You know, big Hollywood movie producers right. doing, doing television. Doing television. Right. Yes. Yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. But what they forget is movies and TV are very different. Mm-hmm. And greatest quote I ever had from um, Robert McKin- McGee, McGee mm-hmm. which was the difference between film and TV. Movies came from silent pictures. Mm. TV came from talking radio. Or radio. Mm-hmm. And now they've really merged mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a way that there's so much movie on TV, but the intimacy of, of having your favorite character in your living room, sitting there eating your dinner with mm-hmm. them, is the difference between somebody walking up to Mr. Pitt right. or somebody <laughs> walking up to uh, a television star and calling them by their first name. There's a oh, different yeah. is- intimacy. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are your best friends because you invite them into your home. Right. And the biggest issue, and I tell this to any writer, when you're creating a series, don't create the pilot. Create the series. Create, create the series. Right. Because that's that. what happens to a lot of these shows. Right. They're great flash ideas. Yep. which movies Great are. pilot. And then... Where are you going to go? Yep. You better know, to me, when I'm creating mm-hmm. a series... Mm-hmm. I want to know what happens in year three. Mm-hmm. I want to know what goes on in year six. That's great mm-hmm. advice. Yeah. I want to know what goes on in year 10. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. Because I feel like sometimes you could tell in a show where it's like, I ain't going to say no names, but you can tell sometimes the show was like, it was a great idea, pilot, and oh, got picked up. Okay, and mm-hmm. maybe we had a good thing, and then it was just like, and then the next season comes up, it's like, y'all really didn't have nothing, y'all. Well, sometimes you get into the room and the, the showrunner's like, I wrote a pilot. I really don't know what we're going to do with this show. You know what I mean? <laughs> You probably have been in those rooms where their showrunners like, I don't know. Look, I, I was trying to get a job. Yeah, yeah. That's why I brought you guys. Yes, in. You know let's I mean? figure it out. It yeah, I was in a meeting. I'm not naming names, and they you can had, write you can write it on a piece of paper. They were going from reality TV to um, to narrative mm-hmm. storytelling scripted, scripted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so they sold the show. Yeah. And so the network called me up and said, would you go in and talk to them? <laughs> I said, sure. I'm not going to piss the network off. So I mm-hmm. sit down and talk to them. And the guy sits across from me and goes, I don't even like TV. I don't even watch TV. And, I went, and, I, and I'm like, how the hell we out here hustling and you getting here and you not even, you know what? Don't even care. You know what? And I, I said, I wanted to say, did you really say that out loud? Or did you mean to say that out loud? Right. 
I said, well, where do you want to go with the show? Mm-hmm. Where do you see the show going? And I tried to have a, what happens in year three? What happens mm-hmm. in this relationship? Where do you see it going? Because you're the visionary. Mm-hmm. No answer. And I, so I walked out of the meeting and I called the network and I said, this show's not going to work. He goes, no, no, no. It's really, you know, the marketing people feel that it's going to, I said, you may get a pilot. You may get viewers. Mm-hmm. They will be gone by episode three. Damn. And, That's and I real know, talk. Like, uh, don't. Yeah, yeah. And I, <clears throat> and I've experienced it from the other side when, when I got the net on the air. Mm-hmm. They had been trying for two years after the movie to sell the series. It didn't work. So they came to me and said, make this work. Mm-hmm. So I recreated it. I gave her a kid. I gave her, you know, her kid gets stolen. So mm-hmm. I would be, and I said, I want to make it the fugitive. She's mm-hmm. after her son. Mm-hmm. Her husband, who she believes took the kid, works for a subsur- subversive organization. Mm-hmm. And she's got a breakthrough using the internet mm-hmm. to get to this organization. Now I'm at Sony. And I said, oh, holy, I'm at Sony. So mm-hmm. I said, let me talk to your um, internet people. This is 2001. Mm-hmm. Internet still baby toys. <laughs> right, and I, right. go, I, I had one executive said, oh, God, I can't even hardly work this computer. Why, why would you think people? I said, because people aren't you. Yeah. Exactly. I said, so I let's. Okay, game, yeah. Right, people aren't you. <laughs> let's play a game on the internet so at the same time the show is on, people can track with her on mm. the run. And they went, what? She you looked. She was doing multiple pla- Yeah, multi platforms. Wow. And see, and so, and then I found out that um, that Sony had this little teeny computer was began with a B, and I said, let's not give her a gun. Let's just give her this computer, and she can hack into anything. Hmm. And I, they sat across from me and went, "What's hack me?" <laughs> 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 That's like, who is your manager? <laughs> can, I, can I speak to the manager, please? <laughs> oh, they hated me. And so then, of course, the show gets on the air. Thank, bless the Quantum Leap followers. We mm-hmm. pick up a following. There's enough sci-fi mm-hmm. into it. About the fourth episode, I'm shooting up in Canada because we can't afford to shoot mm-hmm. in... Everybody's going right, right. Everybody's going <laughs> to Canada. And I'm like want to shake Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, you said you were going to bring runaway production back to Mm -hmm. California. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gone. And all of a sudden the, the scripts are changing. Hmm. So I fly back to LA and I said, what's going on? You brought in this, who's this executive producer? Mm -hmm. And they said, Oh, well, you know, we, we want to make her sexier. (laughs) And so, and they had done this before we shot the show. Women with children, aren't sexy so they took the kid off the show <laughs> they took the kid off wait how did okay wow. how, how did they write the kid off the show just they just forgot this no no from the pilot wow they pulled him out of the pilot and um and my agent said Shh, just go with the flow you got the check, check. Get check. Yeah, right. okay <laughs> and i said all right i'll figure something else out mm-hmm. and then it was like excuse my language, but a a room full of old white guys, they said, we want her to get laid. And I went, and we want her to have bigger breasts. And I went, are you kidding me? That's what it's about. Yeah. Oh, man. Bigger breasts and No characters yet. No. Those are the notes. Yeah. Those are the notes. And to go in and sit and talk to my actress and say, (laughs) we need you to, um, can you put in this water, bro? (laughs) 
<laughs> Have you considered onion dish? <laughs> we're going to pay for it. We're going to pay, pay for it. For it. <laughs> you know, and they still give notes like, you know, you're putting on a little weight. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So they'll, they'll – to this day, mm-hmm. give you amphetamines or whatever you mm-hmm. need to lose weight. And it's, to me, deplorable that women <sighs> still have to. And don't say nothing to the men. Men running around looking like fat. Thank you. I used to always see Halle Berry at the gym back in the day. And she was like the prime. <laughs> and I used to be like, girl, you're so skinny. She's like, Psh. She say, "I'm camera ready. I'm camera <laughs> ready." I was like, "Okay, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> but look, Devin, we got to run. But thank you so much for coming. Oh, my pleasure. It. We my appreciate pleasure. having I meant you. to bring you guys um, Age of Eve and the Vision. Uh, oh no, no, no! I have it on my uh, my yeah, my wish list. We yeah, on Amazon. You? Yeah, Age yeah. of Eve dot com. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just yeah, put it on my visionquest.com. Are you on Twitter or anything? Or? I am on Twitter, um, The Vision Quest. Okay. And, uh, but if you go to thevisionquest.com, as a matter okay. of fact, I had the coolest thing, and I'll say this and then mm-hmm. I'll let you go. I invited the fans to create trailers. Really? Oh, wow. For so, you? Book trailers, yeah. That's oh, that's, that is smart, and yeah. And this 14-year-old young woman, Matilda, <laughs> from London, mm-hmm. created this. I was, like, shocked how good she was. And then we had another guy from Amsterdam. Hmm. And um, and I don't remember. The third one was from the United States. Okay. Because I want the books to be interactive. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I had people create characters. And that's that whole section is taken down. And then okay. people voted on characters. And I literally wrote them into the second and third book. Okay, cool. Because I really feel that transmedia, interactive, you know, multi-platform entertainment it's is fun. where we're going. It's fun. And you get to feel like you're part of yeah. it. Yeah. So she's so far. She's so, at, she's so she's so forward thinking ahead of her time. <laughs> I need the world to catch up. So I know. It's like could the world catch up with Deborah Peppies, please. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter. Of course, I'm a Twitter junkie. Uh, you'll find me. Typically, I so I feel so bad. Like I was going to watch Saturday Night Sci-Fi last night. I was all prepped to go, and they end up doing some errands. And then I got back in time too late. So anyway, you usually can find me on Saturday Night Sci-Fi, mm-hmm. where we watch uh, Geek Soul Brother picks out a movie for us to watch, and we live tweet the entire movie. Uh, for it's a lot of fun. Um, you can find me on Bitchflix, <laughs> where I watch, I write film reviews with a intersectional feminist slant, and um, of course you can always find me here. Mm-hmm. And this summer you'll probably see me at Hollywood Forever Cemetery <laughs> for when we watch the movies in the cemetery and and have fun. So I'm looking forward to going back to that. True. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Please go on iTunes, give us a five-star review, because we need, we need that for the oh, Matrix. Yeah. Very important. Um, um, and um, y'all know how we do it on a rant room. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank Can you I again, Can I shout out right quick? Yes. yes. Shout out to all the Pretty Little Liar fans. Oh. Yeah. My daughter, Troy Melisario. So you guys, tune in. That's Wait, right. your daughter was also in yeah. the short that I saw where she played the military. It was such a great... Oh, yeah. That was such... I was doing some research yeah, on military women, yeah. and she was well, on there. Oh, my God. It was like one of the best short. I was like, who is this person? I looked at the credits. I'm like... That is she just wrote a film that should be coming out <sighs> called Feed that is amazing that she stars in. Oh my God, we got to have her come in because uh-huh. I saw that and I was like, "Is that who is this, who is this actress?" <laughs> <laughs> For future <laughs> reference for shows and stuff, I'm like, "Oh my God, that's that's exactly. camera. That's right. quite my quantum well, I'll family. hit you up and we'll set that up. All right, yeah, no thank if you. If you can catch her, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, "I she ain't calling me." Talk about live, okay? They, they changed it.
they changed live tweeting with that show mm. because of the 13-year-olds that watched it. Yes. They came on, and once that show went on, that changed tweeting. Yep. It okay. changed it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, thank you. Y'all know how we do it on the rent room, on the show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Lisa? 2016. Peace, y'all. Peace out. <laughs> yeah. In the rent room, we say what we say. We do what we feel. We got to keep it real. In the rent room, all about the crowd is rewriting. Fill my bottle up with lightning. Up in the rent room. Before the stars can be paid, there got to be a dope ass story on the page. Let the beast about the cage. That light up. Coffee shop hustlers Rise with the cream A million of the writers Same Hollywood dream Your pen and paper All like bullets in the gun Write what you feel Say what you want In the red We say what we say We do what we feel We gotta keep it real In the red All about the crap of screen writing Fill my bottle up with lightning Up in the red So look, if you guys are grown Let's go ahead and get in. Mm-hmm.